I love playing football because it's all about being around the boys. I get to hang out with all my mates every week. To run down the race at North Port Oval with 23 of my close mates. It's fun to run out every week with the girls and I love the competitiveness. Penny's Pies are premiers. Collingwood, the 2019 VFLW Premiership winners. Bolter kicks for all he's worth. Long to the Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Kick Vicks podcast, episode number five of the VFLW season. We're racing through the rounds, four down and a few more to go still. And the team is back assembled again this week. We were due to have Alex Catalano on the program because his bombers keep on keeping on. He's not with us though, but the rest of the team is here. Joshy Ward, the founder of the Kick Vicks podcast, is here again. Hello, Joshy. G'day, Joe. Great to be back on again. Another interesting weekend of uh, of VFLW action with plenty of surprises too. Thought you would have pulled out this week with Carlton going down to Port Melbourne. <laughs> Thought you would have pulled out. I'm glad I decided not to. I'm all aboard the Sun Saints bandwagon oh, that'd now. Be right. <laughs> that'd be right. Jump off one to go straight to the other. Uh, <laughs> he's been on the Southern Saints since the first time we hit record on this podcast. and So he'd be happy after another win on the weekend. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Joey. Nice to be back on. I know I've been away for a few weeks on a hiatus, but of course I'm back and the Saints are still winning, so I've got something to smile about. Um, and as Jared will likely affirm in a few moments also, the lid is well and truly off. But um, <laughs> no, it's great to be back. Great to see the Saints winning and uh, great to chat to you blokes as always. Always great to catch up with Ollie Walker-Peel. Jared, uh, that was a season-defining win on the weekend for the Southern Saints. 20 points over the Cats. Tell me about it. How excited were you? The lid is more than off. <laughs> like it is, it is on the other side of the room. It's out of the kitchen. The lid is off. It is like getting that news and seeing those results. And we're good. We're real good. <laughs> it's, it's, I like, I last week put no faith in us and I was like, look, we're good. But like, it's the cats at Deacon. I don't know about it. I'm never, I'm never tipping against us again. I can't do it. <laughs> now look, I can't do it. I don't know if there's a rush for VFLW grand final tickets, but I would say you better get your tickets early, and you probably better get them in the next couple of weeks, otherwise you might miss out. I need to. Like I, I, I have to be. I have to be away for that. I've got to see us take on. <laughs> Take on someone. Oh, I don't know. It was it was a very good win, and I'm very excited about it. It's good to see a Saints success. Great stuff. We'll talk about all that and more very, very shortly. Before we do really get into it, of course, before the first bounce, our inaugural question to kick off every podcast is relevant to the Southern Saints and relevant to the game this coming weekend. Could Essendon up against the Southern Saints this weekend, boys, be a potential grand final preview? Uh, we will start with the most fanatical of the Southern Saints fans in Jared and go back around to the man who's writing the match reports in Joshy Ward. So, Jared, what do you reckon? Oh, man. I might just go back on myself. <laughs> no, I I think we're a really good chance. I really like the way that we're playing. The win against the Cats at Deakin is huge. Like, it's a, it's a massive win. Um, this week against Essendon is going to be a serious test. I think if we take it up to them and really really take it up to them, give them like an actual fight that I feel like they haven't really faced a lot this year. I definitely think that this weekend could be a preview. What do you think, Golly? 
still don't really want to back against Collingwood, even though we turned them over a couple of weeks ago. Um, but obviously Collingwood last year, you know, we were saying first podcast, we said, are they going to go 30? You know, so I'm still slightly <laughs> worried about Collingwood. Um, I'm worried this week about Essendon because it's going to be a good game, this one. I think this will be our toughest test, never mind Collingwood. Um, I think Essendon will be a slightly tougher test than that. Um, I had Collingwood and Essendon going into the season as the grand final preview. I don't think that will be the grand final now. Um, I still think one of those two teams makes it, whether it is Essendon, um, who knows. But it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to say it's not going to be a grand final preview, but I think they will meet late into the finals. If it's a if it's a prelim or 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 something like that, maybe, but it's gonna be a tantalizing game in the game of the round by a million miles, I reckon. Should be a good one. Joshy, uh, you've posed this question to our panel this morning. You've decided to ignore Casey, who was still undefeated at the top of the tree as well with the bombers. Uh, is this going to be a grand final preview for your Southern Saints? Uh, yeah, I think I think it will be based on form, especially. Um Casey, yeah, they're unbeaten, but they haven't. I feel like they haven't had any real tests yet so far this season. Uh, against the against the bull, they've won against the Bulldogs. Uh, they've won against the won against the Bulldogs, Darabin, North Melbourne, and Port Melbourne too. They're not some of the toughest sides. They could prove me wrong this weekend against Geelong, but yeah, I think the Sun Saints they lost against Carlton, yeah, but that was some. Um, that was when they had no AFLW list of place and Carlton had nine. But yeah, I think based on form, I think the Sun Saints are definitely up there in Essendon. They've just been impeccable. They might, they might start to fall down later on in the season or a couple of weeks eventually. You never know. But yeah, I think based on form, I think it'll, I have a feeling it'll continue this year. Um, yeah, I think, I think this will be, a, I think this will be a grand final preview coming up this week. All right. Well, I imagine Alex would say yes because it features Essendon in the grand final. I'm going to say no. Like Ollie mentioned, we have flagged Collingwood in the inaugural podcast of this edition. And despite them losing again on the weekend, uh, they'll come good at some point before the season's out. And hopefully they finish high enough to be competing in finals and get to the grand final. Let's talk about the weekend just gone. We'll start with the Southern Saints, Joshy, because it was an emphatic statement sort of win for them. 6-3-39 beating Geelong, 3-1-19 out at Deakin Uni. Are you out there on the weekend? Uh, talk to us about how this game unfolded. Yeah, well, it was absolutely beautiful conditions, uh, periods of rain and absolutely freezing cold down in more points. <laughs> um, it was a congested game, I feel. it was. The scoreline doesn't reflect how tough and and congested it was. Um, the first half, it, it was very even, all squared up at half at half time. But in the second half, the cats, the cats, the cats say, um, I thought they in that third quarter they were the better side because they had more chances inside fifty. Hell, half of that half of the third quarter it was locked inside there. It locked inside their forward half and. The Sun Saints defence, I can't keep raving on enough about it. It is just an absolutely phenomenal defence led by Grace Buchan, Alina Gentile. Most of these but most of these players are on their VFLW list, not their AFLW list, and they're just killing it down back. And, yeah, they only kept them to one point despite the fact they were in the second half, despite the fact they were pressing super hard. And, yeah, they just, they just came home strong and... Um, 
Yeah, it was it was a great performance. Nearly got falconed by one of the kicks by one of the kicks actually. <laughs> one of the goals by Gabby DeAngelis off the ground. The well, pretty much to seal seal the game, and yeah, with a couple of others, and it nearly falconed right into right into our faces. The footy. Lucky. Where were you sitting? Were we were goal sitting, umpire. We were sitting pretty much right behind. We I was sitting right behind the goals pretty much, and or standing right behind the goal. And thank the Lord there was the netting there. <laughs> Ollie, it sounds like from what Joshy said, it was a real sort of St Kilda day with those conditions uh, that just seemed to suit them a little better than uh, the skills of Geelong. I, I, I'm not sure there were good conditions like Joshy was describing. I don't know what, what your handle on good conditions is, but, but rain doesn't quite, doesn't quite suit my, um, my um, criteria for good conditions. But regardless, it's just good to see us suit those conditions and play so well. Obviously, Deacon Uni is a tough place to go. Everyone knows that. Um, um, you know, I was a little bit worried going into the weekend that maybe this might be our undoing or, you know, we might lose again. But, you know, Thank goodness I was proven wrong. Um, we look like a team that just cannot be stopped. We look irrepressible. Um, obviously, the team that one team that could, you know, sort us out could be this week with uh, with Essendon. Obviously, they're high flying as well. Um, much like the Bombers, you know, they're, they're literally high flying in their names. So high flying by name, high flying by nature. But <laughs> look, it's it's great to see us to see us win. It's nice to see us kill the team, um, or you know, a Saints team, I should say that are flying and at the top of the tree, like, you know, where we belong. Um, but um, no, it's, it's brilliant to see. And long may it continue. Long may it continue. I like this. I like when uh, the Saints win. If this is a sort of vibe you're going to bring every week, boys. Um, Jared, it's the first time I'm told that they have claimed a victory against Geelong under the Southern Saints name. So a nice little piece of history made on the weekend. Yeah, that's huge. Um, it's something like, I feel like any other year, this could never happen. And obviously like uh, this year in particular, playing a team like Geelong at Deegan, like, you wouldn't think that that'd be the first time it had happened, but there you go. Like that is, that's pure heart. And like Josh was saying, and, and I said, just before we started recording, the, the Cats had six AFLW listed players on and the Saints only had three, uh, which I think just shows even more mental resolve. Um, and in the, the conditions, you know, the, the good conditions, as, as Josh was saying, like, I think that kind of helps us. And it it's the teams where, they might be a little bit more skilled than you and the Cats probably had a little bit more skill with the AFLW. You put the rain into it and it kind of throws everything out of the water. It just, it relies on pure grit and and want and heart. And I think that's something that the Saints have in spades. And yeah, I don't know. I, I was very impressed. Are we still at a point, Jared, in this competition where as soon as you throw a factor in like the rain, um, because the skill level is where it's at in this sort of, not development pay, phase of the VFLW, but it is, in its sort of infancy years that it just completely levels it out. So it doesn't matter where you are on the ladder. You might be the Bombers who are the best team going around and you come up against one of the bottom sides. It just seems to level it out a little bit more with the weather. Yeah. And like, even in every league, like not even just the FLW, but like, as you were saying, obviously like we're in the infancy of the league, the skills aren't as good. So it really levels it out. But even up in, up in the AFLW and, and the AFL and the, the men's side of things, the rain really plays a part and rain and, and wind in particular, like everything like that, the conditions play so much more. And that's why teams that play so well at say Geelong at Warm Ponds, they are so used to the conditions. But when you throw in that kind of stuff that really throws them out of rhythm, it can really play with their minds. And the fact that the Saints could then take advantage of that and beat the Cats at their home. Unreal. 
Joshy, uh, Hannah Stewart got the 10 votes from the coaches after the game. Renee Solitis as well got seven. Tamara Smith of the Cats got six. They're the top three vote getters from the round. Uh, after four rounds, there's three Southern Saints boys on the screen and Southern Saints fans listening. Who'd be leading the best and fairest at the club? Oh, that's a hard, that's, that's a very hard one. There have been some some really good performances this year. I think Hannah Stewart, she's put up... Uh, She's put up some really strong numbers this year, has Stuart. Uh, Grace Buchan, actually. Grace Buchan, actually, is my favourite. She She's just done so well down back. Uh, I, I keep raving on about her each week in my in my match reports, which you can check out on the Centricam website. Um, and, yeah, she is, she's been unbelievable in defence. I think she her first week against Collingwood, um, it was – it was an impeccable it was an impeccable performance um and yeah Hannah Stewart she might she might um she might be up there as well but I think Grace Buchan she's been absolutely unbelievable this year down back and she'd be leading my best and fairest count now the Bulldogs have had a tough start to the season uh they came up against Essendon in the first round went scoreless and conceded 98 points on the weekend they conceded 97 points kicked a goal themselves against Casey. I mentioned a little earlier on that Casey, like the Bombers, uh, the last two of the unbeaten sides left after four rounds. Ollie, this is another emphatic performance from Casey. And of course they play on that ground that, well, if you don't know the wind, then you're really going to struggle out there. I mean, first of all, to the Bulldogs, congratulations. You've, you've improved the, the margin, <laughs> the, the margin, the margin has got smaller. Um, and to be fair, you give him the positives. You know, you, as a coach, you've got to take any positive you can out of the game. But kick to go. Okay, you've, got, you've got something to take. Um, <laughs> we are not putting our name to that. If any Bulldogs people are listening, you can go straight but, to Ollie Walker Peel. But, <laughs> but like, let's, let's be serious for a second. It's going to be tough for a team like the Bulldogs. So... Any any small thing that they can take, it's going to be tough. They might be down the ladder this season. So, um, but look, it's it's not going to be the the best year for the Bulldogs. But hopefully, they can just keep their head up and keep trying and keep toiling because eventually they'll get up there. Um, and to be honest, I, I I do have a little bit of seriousness in in that comment because sometimes it can be one goal or it can be one little bit of positivity that might be able to spur them on. Um, but they just got hammered again, didn't they? You never really like to see teams get hammered. Um, but Casey at the moment is just a, a golfing class. Um, not even being uh, disrespectful to the Bulldogs there. It just shows how good Casey are. And sometimes you're beaten by the better side and that's what happens. But we all predicted Casey to fall down the ladder um, this year, didn't we? But, and, you know, in the preseason podcast and, you know, we all are left with egg on our face pretty much. Because um, Casey have been on fire. Obviously, like we said, the Bulldogs have had a really tough run at it. And, you know, hopefully that, that turns around for him because, like you say, you never like to see teams get battered by 15 goals every week um, because that doesn't really do much for their, for their development. But in terms of Casey, you can only really beat what's in front of you. Um, and they've done that very, very handily at the moment. So uh, they might, you know, obviously, I don't want to say they're a dark horse because they're on top of the ladder for a reason, but they're definitely a team that surprised me despite how well they did last year. Um, I didn't think they'd start the season as well as they have done and all credit to them. On the dogs, Jared. Uh, we'll just follow on from that. They've played the Bombers, who are first, Casey, who are second, the Southern Saints, who we've just talked about being potentially equal premiership favourites, and they've played the Hawks, who have won three of their first four games and are sitting 
fourth at the moment on the table. I mean, it's the toughest of starts to the VFLW season for them. So as uh, Ollie did say, that any silver lining they can find right now, you would expect the season to just flatten out a little from here and they'll get to play sides like North Melbourne, Carlton, Darabin, Port Melbourne in the next few weeks that maybe gives them a little bit more confidence in playing teams around them. Yeah, you could not have a tougher start. And like that, that is definitely something that's obviously playing on their minds, I think. But I think that's something that the coaches will repeat to them and, and they'll repeat to each other. And all the leadership is that you have played, like you've gotten through the hard part of this year. It's it's a it's the part that you really had to work your way through. Um, and now you can kind of start to take a bit of pride out of it. You can play teams like like Darabin and and things like that, where you might be in with that chance and you know the games can be close, you can be fighting out to the last quarter. Um playing a team like Casey at Casey is, is going to be one of the hardest, you know, the hardest trips in footy. And it's, it's something that I think after the game, yeah, they, they lost by, like we said, they lost by 91, but if you're going to take positives out of it, it's that that is the top, top level. And that's where you need to be at. And from now it's, it's kind of easier and easier and you can really start to work against teams that are a bit less. Brianna Tarrant, Joshy, she got the most coaches votes. She had uh, 32 disposals a day out for her. Uh, Tell us about her performance. It's an unbelievable performance. Didn't really catch the game, but yeah, there's 32 disposals, 16, 16 of those kicks and handballs, five tackles, 11 clearances, as you said. It's um, it's no mean feat. No matter what team you're facing, it's no mean feat getting getting that high disposal count and that many clearances. And yeah, that's a super impressive effort. In fact, in clearances, she had the next the next best was Lucy Snyder for for the Bulldogs, and that she had five, so she had double the be- second best clearances, or more than double second best clearances. And the next best disposals too, Lauren Maggi had twenty one, so she had ten deliver more disposals. So she, obviously, she's on the AFL list. She's definitely putting her name up to potentially come into a. It is a tough Melbourne side to break into, but she's putting her name up there. And Talia Fellows as well, she put in a really good performance. 19 disposals, six marks, six tackles, and three goals, uh, three goals too. So that was two really impressive performances. And yeah, those those two performances were major factors in, in the Demons getting the win. And the Bombers, Joshy, they continue on their winning ways, beating Williamstown by 52 points. They were without Georgia Nanscorn. Didn't seem to stop them. Amelia Radford uh, was the one who was the shining light. Ten coaches votes. She is sitting equal top with Talia Fallows, who you just briefly mentioned after four rounds. Paige Shepard as well from the Cats. Let's briefly touch on the Bombers. The main man isn't here, Alex Catalano, to really rave about them. So it's on your shoulders. Uh, very briefly, maybe keep it to 60 seconds on Essendon. Uh, I can stretch it to 90 potentially. <laughs> I'll try to keep it short, but there's just, it's just such an unbelievable Essendon lineup. I'm just going to keep raving highly about them because they're such, they're so potent. There's just such a potent, such a potent lineup. You look at the, you look at the you look at the score line t- score and at three quarter time too. They were up forty one to six again. They could have taken their foot off the uh, foot off the gas, and yet they just continued to go on their merry way. C- c- conceded a goal, yes, but they kicked four goals in that final quarter. So just uh, just an utterly dominant, just an utterly dominant performance it was their that was their highest score that final quarter. So Mia Ray Clifford, she had another great performance, three goals. Uh, only from only the eight disposals to Federica Fru. She's, uh, I believe, now the top goal scorer with three goals. Uh, 
Celia McIntosh, she's just loving playing in the forward line, especially since she's been on the, the kicked Vicks. Uh, three, two goals from 11 touches. And yeah, Amelia Radford, this is a great story. Playing playing in the com- community footy last year in, in the Essendon Districts with... With Mooney Valley just dominated that con, just dominated that that competition, and she's taken the VFLW by storm. She's um, Georgia Nanskawan has been, I still think they're Essendon's best player, but I reckon Amelia Radford's been Essendon's second. She's just taken this league, taken VFLW by storm, and her her stock continues to rise to rises very high, highly with uh, with what she produces week in week out and. Sure, she'll continue with this year. Hopefully, she can. That was about two minutes, Joshy. Just uh, we're just <laughs> tightening up the bombers as we go forward. Uh, Ollie, big games this week, and we'll get the tips at the end. Uh, Casey, who are second, take on the Cats, third, and the Bombers face off against the Southern Saints, which we touched on earlier. Can you foresee either of these sides uh, dropping a game this week? I like you say. I'm going to need time to think over those tips. All right, well, have a think. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. What I will say this weekend will shape the rest of the season. Whoa. And that seems like a that's to me that seems like a rather obvious statement considering Ooh. that with the with the with the teams that are playing they are the best teams in the competition probably the top four teams in the competition maybe you know four of the top five if you want to throw Collingwood in there it's going to be a monumental week obviously I would say you know normally on every other week I would say that going to Geelong is the toughest trip in the VFLW and it probably is. Um, unless you are the Southern Saints, in which case it is a cakewalk. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm, uh, honestly, um, it is a tough trip. And but obviously, if you you know if you want to be going to Geelong, you want to be going there on good form. And Casey, arguably the best form in the league, um, absolutely just battering teams left, right, and centre. So Geelong have got another tough, tough test this week, and the the Bombers and the Saints, you know, removing any rose tinted glasses that I may have on will be a corker of a game to watch. Um, who's going to win that one? Again, we'll get tips later. The biased me wants the Saints to get up, obviously, but Essendon will probably give us the toughest test that we've had all year. Um, so it should be a great round of great round of footy. And if you're going to watch any VFL this year, VFLW this year, if you haven't watched any yet, get yourself on YouTube or wherever they're broadcast. I think they're all on YouTube. Yep. Sit yourself down in front of a TV or a device and just watch some because this is the week to watch. It's going to be big, Jared. It's going to be big. We'll get your thoughts on these games later on when we do our tips, but we have to talk about the win of Hawthorne against Collingwood. They're struggling a little, the Pies, after we did flag an undefeated season. They're 2-2 two and two after four rounds. Um, they're leaving it a little bit late in games at the moment. They're doing a lot of chasing the Magpies, and I'm not happy about that, Jared, because we're not chasing quick enough. I'm going to take no part in this Collingwood uh, undefeated system because I wasn't there in the first episode. So I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wipe my hands of it and just say that wasn't me. I had him I no, it was all me. You know, it was, it was all, all me. me and you know what they can't handle the pressure. <laughs> no and but to their credit they really fought back uh hard and really tried to put it up to Hawthorne who again like we've seen a couple of weeks ago they're 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 a really solid team this year and a team that have improved. I'm gonna leave one player uh, for Wardy to talk about because I know he's absolutely itching at the bit to, to talk about oh, it. Yes. But with a with a couple, um, <laughs> there, there's something that you have to obviously touch on, and that is Demi Hallett. Now, well, tell me about this. Yes, 22 tackles is a, an AFLW and a VFLW record for tackles. I remember oh. I was out at uh, the VFL practice match for Frankston 
and Coburg, and I get the text uh, come through that Demi had had 20 touches at like 20 tackles at like three quarter time or whatever it was. That is just astonishing for one. Uh, even in, and like in the losing effort, that just proves how much Hawthorne had the ball and 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 Collingwood were just fighting back. And she was that's unbelievable. And Tamara Luke for the Hawks, she was named at centre half forward for the Hawks, and she had 39 hitouts. That is something that you don't see very often. And clearly she didn't play a lot of center forward. Um, but again, those stats are just ridiculous. Um, but the Hawks really held out well. The Pies kept it late, kept in too late now. And they're, they're really starting to struggle. And I don't know how they're going to go to end this year. Well, it starts again for them this week against Port Melbourne at Victoria Park. Round five. If they drop that game, season's over, Wardy. Season's over after five rounds. Put a line through the pies if they go down to Port Melbourne this week. I'll let you talk about your favourite, Bridget Deed, but I do want to ask you a serious question because we know that Hawthorne are going to come into the AFLW next year. How much of what they're doing this season is going to uh, elevate them to that next level and going up another standard in 2023? I think think this season, yeah, it'll... it's a tough, it's a tough question, to be honest. That one, Joe. But yeah, I think it is going to be interesting to see. It is going to be interesting how they take that that step up. But yeah, I think this season performing well, it'll be it. Like we've said before, it'll be crucial. Um, and yeah, so far they they've performed really, really, really well. And yeah, if that can, if um, yeah, I think they'll take a lot of confidence. How well if in how well. They perform this year if they, um, especially if they can make finals and maybe even go deep into finals. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I think this season this season will be massive for them heading into the AFLW, AFLW as we said. And yeah, if they can continue performing like this, um, yeah, uh, I think that it'll go a long way to giving them confidence that they can do well in the AFLW next year. And what about Bridget Deed? She had a great game on the weekend after there was a lot of headlines about her signing with the AFLW team in the last week or so. How did she go on the weekend? Uh, it was good to see her in Hawks colours this weekend. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, she had a pretty good game. It wasn't as prolific as her as a as a NAB League girls form, averaging thirty disposals there and just dominating week in week out. She had the four, she had the fourteen touches, eleven of those kicks. Uh, she did kick a goal too. She kicked. She did kick a goal and yeah, used that thumping left foot of hers to her advantage with uh, um, kicking with all, fourteen of her disposals. Eleven um, kick. Oh, eleven of those disposals um, kicks. So yeah, it wasn't as prolific as say um, as when she plays in in the in in the Eastern Ranges. Um, Eastern Ranges Napoli girls set the. It was a pretty strong midfield. It was a pretty strong midfield performance from some of the Hawks. Amy Whelan, she had a terrific game: twenty-one touches, eleven tackles, and nine clearances. Jordan Mifsud had five clearances and thirteen disposals. Um, and yeah, she she was she she looked like it was more her outside use that um that 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 the Hawks utilized. And yeah, she did really she did really well. Not as prolific as the Napoli girls, but still performed really well. Now, off the top of your head, do you know how many touches uh, Demi Hallett finished with outside of the tackles? He finished with uh, it was around it was maybe just around eight or nine 
touches, I think. Oh, so she wouldn't have had a massive uh, fantasy score. I just know she would have got 88 points for all of those tackles without actually touching the football. Jay. She had a, she had 114, actually. Sorry, Joe. 114. 114. Yeah. So, so no, what, what, obviously what Joey's saying is that you've got 88 disregarding everything else. Yes. So just you're getting, tackles. you're getting how many, oh, my math is failing me at the moment. Uh, that'd be 26. 26. 26. 26. <laughs> so you're getting 26 points from everything else. Yep. Like, Obviously, it's not an average game. It's a better than average game because you've had tackle numbers <laughs> that are off the scale. But can you imagine that without the tackles? Like that just shows how how I, I think, in my opinion, that just shows how brilliant the game she had is. Because if you've got a one wood and you're very good at it, stick to it and do the best of it that you can. Then that's brilliant. I think again, like you say, to have twenty two tackles in a game is just absurd. You're never going to see that again. I don't think you'll see that this year or in the years to come, whether it be AFLW, VFLW, AFL, VFL men's, whatever whatever game of footy you watch, I'm going to bet you at you know, at state levels or the national level, men's or women's, you're not going to see anyone get 22 tackles for the rest of the year. The I, can, I can tell you, Ollie, that as it currently stands, even in the AFL men's game, yeah, it three, players, three players stand with a record of 19. I didn't Tommy think it Rittore, was... Jack Zebel, and Jude Bolton, all on 19. I didn't think it was in the 20s. That's just, it's so surprising when you look at the stat line because I, I, I knew it wasn't in the 20s. So to have a game like that, that will go down in history. And I don't think that's going to be matched for some time. So fair play to Demi Hallett. Um, you've had yourself a game to remember. Um, and, you know, if we're seeing that every single week, then no matter whether your team wins or loses, that's a positive you can take out every single week. Because when you've got the fight and the hunger and the passion, that gives you something to build off. So it's so a fair play to Demi. Well played. Well played. Uh, let's talk about Darabin because they have doubled their win count uh, from last season with another great win on the weekend. We were so excited after their first one now that they've gone and backed that up. Two in four rounds. They beat the Kangaroos by 16 points. Uh, one man, Jared, we spoke about in the uh, big preseason preview was Angela Gogos, uh, and she's had another great performance. 22 touches on the weekend. 22 touches on the weekend with 11 tackles to go with as well. We were just talking about tackles. Um, she has gone unreal. I remember saying after the, the first win that they had with their comeback, I said that how she's going to be that, that bright, bright light for, for Darabin. And I have tipped them every week except for last week. And then I didn't tip them and they win. So I'm kind of annoyed about it, but we're going to look past it anyway. Uh, she was fantastic. But even for, for North, like you look at that game, it was real tight for, for a lot of it, but Darren ran over them in the last quarter. Um, and like, you can see like Jessica Duffin for North, she had 27 touches with 10 marks. She was fantastic. But Angie Gogos had seven clearances to go with those 11 tackles and those 22. She was fantastic. And it just shows that fight and the fact they've doubled their win from last year. I think they've done a lot better than like people want to give them credit for. Uh, and I think they're a better team than all people give them credit for. Like in the games I've had, they've been pretty competitive and I always said they would be competitive and I'm really impressed. Joshy, uh, they're going well, the Falcons, their run coming up, Carlton, the Bulldogs, Williamstown. And again, they face North Melbourne. Is this a start of a big run for them? I think it can be actually. I think it can be actually. Um, yeah, they've already proven themselves against two of, the, two of those sides, the Seagulls and the Kangaroos. Although 
the Sega against Williamstown, that'll be out at one of the windiest grounds in the universe in in, in Downer Oval, Williamstown Cricket Ground, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, come the Bulldogs, it could be a bit of a test, but um, both sides have been pretty below standard this year. Cullen only the one win. The Bulldogs obviously haven't won, been humbled these their first five games. Um, I think it can be because they've proven that they, they they've proven that they can take it to decent sides like Williamstown and North Melbourne. And I think it'll I think it'll continue. A big a big factor in that in them doing well is that midfield. It's uh, we talk about Ange Gogos and how dominant she's been, but you look at that midfield too. Jenna Lawson, Tavern, I reckon she's had a really good, a really good season. Um, Nicole Callanan, she's done, she's done some great stuff too. And yeah, I think they'll play a major role and I think they can go get on a bit of a role here. The Falcons. Ollie, they are playing, as we said, those four sides who are sitting at the moment, 10th, 12th, 8th and 11th. Um, we talked about the fact that just getting confidence, beating those teams around them is going to do them a world of good. The way they came back in that first game when they were down by five goals at quarter time and what they've done since seems to me that they're doing everything right at this early stage of the season. Yeah. And it just shows how, you know, close the competition is in the VFLW. We were waxing lyrical preseason about Collingwood. We were saying, oh yeah, they're going to go undefeated. And we were saying, oh, Darabin are going to go winless or get one win for the year. They're both on two wins after four rounds. That just shows the polar opposites. And to be fair, it does make us look slightly um, less intelligent than we maybe uh, came off. But fair play to <laughs> fair play to Darabin. They've surprised so many people. A really good win um, against North, who, to be honest, we, we predicted that they'd be around the middle of the road. But again, you can only beat who's in front of you. And Darabin, I predicted they'd maybe get one win. They've doubled that already. They've got a good run, as you say. And they've got a real chance to, to make something of the season because they've got four teams who... Haven't quite set the world alight yet, um, especially in a game. You know they've got Williamstown again, um, as we've mentioned. Um, I reckon they could get on a run if they can win two or three of those four, which I think they're capable of doing. Then people are going to sit up and take note if they can go to you know if it's five and three, maybe after eight weeks, then the AFL, uh, sorry VFLW, I should say, they're gonna they're gonna take notice because if you're five and three, if you've got a positive win record after eight games. You're clearly a decent enough side, and it's it's on the it's on Derabin now, isn't it? The onus is on them to do something, and let's see if they can do it. I can't wait. They're going to be the most intriguing side, I think, to watch. Obviously, we talked about the top four at length, but outside of that, Derabin are the team that no one expected to do well. Everyone and their nan wrote off preseason, and they're proving <laughs> us all wrong. Fair play to them. Absolutely, absolutely. The only thing that may be of a concern is they're sitting seventh at the moment just behind Collingwood equal point, uh, their percentage is 46. That I mean, might hurt them. Yeah, Collingwood's well, percentage is at 103 at the moment. Well, you look at the league, though. You look at you look at the results at the weekend. You look at Casey winning by 91 points. The Bulldogs have obviously had two big losses. Um, and Darabin's wins have been quite close. So, obviously, percentage, the, the disparity is an issue. You know, you can't get around that. But it's, it's one of those where there's... There's one or two games a week that are blowouts, and the other games are quite close. And I think the games that they've got coming up, those four, even if they don't win those games, they're not going to be blown out. So their percentage shouldn't be affected 
too much in a negative sense. So I wouldn't be too worried about that if I was Darabin about the percentage at the moment. You've just got to worry about getting wins on the board. If it's by one point, 10 points, whatever, they've just got to make sure that they're on the right side of the fine margins, win games and see where their percentage goes from there because they've got a good run. They've got a chance to win, you know, maybe three from four or four from four if they're at their best. And then their percentage will naturally improve anyway. Now, Jared, the uh, Port Melbourne Footy Club had their first win of the season over Carlton. They didn't kick all that straight. 5-13-43, beating Carlton. 3-5-23. That was the last game of the round. Uh, good win for them. We spoke last week or the week before to uh, one of their stars who was just telling us they were going to build nicely into the season. They finally walk away with four points. Yeah, and Carlton's like such a weird uh, situation around them. Like they can go and beat the Southern Saints and then they, they lose to Port Melbourne and it's by, by 20 points, which doesn't sound like a lot. But then when you look at it, they had eight scoring shots to Port Melbourne's 18. And you look at it like that and you go, okay, they were pretty comprehensively taken apart and, and pulled apart by, by Port Melbourne. As we said, we spoke to Ergo Sophie Locke the other week. She had three scoring shots herself. She kicked one goal. Uh, they just, they are building really nicely. And they're, they're a team that's kind of that middle pack where they're around above Collingwood and, and Darabin, but kind of below the the Cats and, and the Southern Saints. I mean, they're a team that's really sitting in that middle spot. If they can get a couple of results to go their way in the next few weeks, if they can beat a team like one of those top four teams, they can really start to push their way and, and hopefully get into that finals. Josh, you would have been pretty disappointed with that scoreline on the weekend. Yeah, I was. I did tip Port Melbourne as well, mind you. I, I yeah, Carlton. I, I wasn't surprised that they lost. It is, it is the they've been up and down this year. It's not been the greatest year from them. But yeah, this is a, a bit of a blow for them. They would have come into the game thinking they would do well, but I think what helped was Port Melbourne got a couple of of some really good players back. I think Meg McDonald came back into the lineup and she had a she had a starring performance in midfield 26 disposals five clearances uh yeah they got some of their better players back did did the bar a bit yeah i think Carlton will be a bit disappointed be a bit disappointed because yeah I, I said this i said this before the game um last week yeah that they're, they're both on even terms and yeah just to lose by this much and concede that many scoring shots against the side which is in a slightly similar position to you it's it's pretty disappointing so big mcdonald as you mentioned joshy came back in got the 10 coaches votes for the game from a port melbourne perspective i feel like it doesn't matter what you're talking about AFL, AFLW, VFLW, even VFL reserves. You ask any Carlton fan, they tend to say they weren't disapp- weren't surprised that they lost a game. They just seem to lose all the time, Carlton, at the moment. I've heard it for a number of years, Josh. It doesn't matter what podcast you and I do on the Intersectum. You may as well just hit repeat on every single one of them at the moment. It's so depressing. The AFLW side, yeah, they've gone on a really good winning streak, three in a row. They're on fire, mind you, against against some not the toughest sides like they had in that four game loss. But yeah, it's it's always just a similar story for Carlton fans. We've lived through it for oh, pretty much ever since our last grand final. For me, my entire life, and yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just lovely going for Carlton. It's it really is the best. It really <sighs> is. It really is. Uh, that is our wrap of round four of the VFLW. Let's look ahead, boys to round five of the VFLW kicks off on Saturday, rolls into Sunday. It is a long weekend in Victoria. Unfortunately, there is no feature games on 
Monday, Labor Day Monday, but that doesn't matter. We've got enough footy to consume over the weekend. We'll start at Victoria Park where Collingwood will be aiming to get back on the winner's list against Port Melbourne. Uh, 9.45 that game is. I think the weather's going to be relatively good on Saturday morning. Joshy, I'm going to tip the pies. It's pretty obvious for me. Uh, which way are you going? This is a tough one because, yeah, the pies. Not really. Been... Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I do tip against the pies, I'm worried if they win, I'll be kicked off. Uh... <laughs> 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 I've been living under that threat ever since I've gone onto the Czech side. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Port Melbourne, they'll, they'll, they'll still have a decent lineup, but I think Port Collingwood, that, who knows, they might get some. Some players back, or they'll lose. I think they'll lose a couple because um, they had the AFLW side was hit with a couple of injuries again. But yeah, I think I'm going to tip the pies because yeah, the, I think they'll get back into form. Um, it's out of Victoria Park, and they'll be determined to get to um, here get a, get back onto the winners list out there again. All righty, Ollie, which way are you going with this game? I'm going Collingwood. Uh, I think it's I think it's a tougher one than some people might, you know, might make out uh, to be. But I just think that Collingwood, with the quality that they've got on their list, should have enough. But I don't think it'll be a blowout. If Port Melbourne were to win, I wouldn't be too surprised. I'm going to go Collingwood to edge it by under a goal. Ooh, under a goal. Right. So that might be the close one of the whole round. Uh, Jared, your oh, thoughts? <laughs> man, this is tough. I like, I reckon I've backflipped like 40 times since we started this conversation. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Like Collingwood, as we know, like they've got the names that, that should be able to win this game. And they've got, they know that they can win this game. And Paul Ellis' performance on the weekend against Carlton was, was fantastic. It's so hard. And I want to be like different to go against everyone, but I also don't want to get kicked off. Uh, you know, no one much. will get kicked off unless you tip them by a hundred <laughs> points and it happens. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be different then. And I'm going to go with Paul Melbourne. All righty. Paul Melbourne for Jared. If it happens, well done. Someone's yes. got to have a cool, smooth head on their shoulders around here. Yes. Um, that game then rolls into the Whitten Oval game at 10 o'clock. Uh, Western Bulldogs will take on Hawthorne. I'm going to go for the Hawks, Joshy. Yeah, I'm going to go the Hawks. Ollie? Can I be different? Of course you can. I might be different. I, I just think that the Bulldogs, after getting absolutely hammered, might well turn it round. I don't know what my logic is, because usually <laughs> when a team gets battered, they'll be low on confidence. I think they might show something in the Bulldogs, and I've got them to win this one. Um, I'm not going to predict any margin or anything, because... <laughs> Predicting the Bulldogs to win is probably as much, you know, it's an upset as it is. But I just think they've got a point to prove. And I reckon they might prove it. I, I don't know why. I've just got a gut feeling that they might get the job done. Hawthorne coming off a decent win themselves. But as we say in this competition, you know, it's close anyway. Um, and, you know, most sides can, can beat one another on a good day. I've got the, I've got the, the Bulldogs. It might be a bit, of a bit of a strange one. Bit of a long shot, but you've got to do it sometimes. So I'm going to be different. Yes, I like that. Uh, for those who do want to watch it and they, for some reason, can't get to the Witten Oval, uh, that game is uh, afl.com.au will be streaming that one. The Collingwood game is going to be on YouTube. Jared, who are you tipping? Um, I think, Ollie, your logic comes from 
from you lambasting the doggies earlier and, and feel a little bit a little, a little bit sorry for them. Quite possibly, but maybe a little bit possibly. Um, but I don't see them winning this one against the Hawks. I think the Hawks, as we've spoken about, they're pretty underrated. And I think they they came off a good bit in the end Collingwood and they win this one. All right, and then we roll into a very big game at Deakin University at twelve o'clock. The Cats will take on Casey. After everything you guys spoke about earlier on, I'm very interested to hear your tips. I am going for Casey to inflict more pain on the Cats, Joshy. This is this is a very hard one. Like you said, Joe, it's they'll go into this game, Casey, yeah, with a ton of confidence after such a thumping win. Uh, perfect day for them. To, a perfect day for them to. Uh, uh, 204, I mentioned this on the checky, 204 points combined for the AFLW and the VFLW sites. So couldn't have scripted a better day. Um, I think it, it looks like it's nicer conditions than last than, than last week down in warm ponds. I think the Cats will get the win. I'm going to go with them. They're, they'll have a fire in their belly and be determined to, to get back on the winner's list and if the conditions do stay stay in decent, in decent nick, um, I think it'll play to their advantage and they'll get the win. All right. Cats for Joshy. Ollie? I'm also going to go with the Cats at home. I think the home ground advantage might be the deciding factor. I think this one is also going to be another one that's going to be close. I think Casey, you know, obviously they've got to lose a game at some point. I don't see them going unbeaten for the rest of the year. I think this is a game set up for Geelong. Um it's going to be tight, as you say. Casey coming off a brilliant week. The Demons as a whole coming off one of the best weeks we've ever seen, you know, with combined clubs, with their AFLW and VFLW sides going so well. I've just got Geelong to win this one. Um, obviously, they've got a point to prove themselves coming off, obviously, last week. And you know, it didn't quite go so well for them against the Mighty Saints. But I'm going to go with, um, going to go with them to win this one and give Casey their first loss of the season. It will be, yes, it will be if that happens. Jared? Yeah, um, we were saying earlier how the Saints and the Bombers will be the game around. I reckon this one's going to be the game around. I think it's going to be the, the weather up in Geelong. I've had a look, it's pretty perfect 23 degrees, no rain, a little bit of wind. I think that's going to suit Geelong really well. Um, the Demons, as we know, come off a really good week. This is going to be a game with two very evenly matched teams, but I'm going to go uh, with Woody and Ollie, and I'm going to say the Cats as well. Okay, the Cats, for all of us except for me, I'm going for Casey. Uh, Darabin and Carlton is the Twilight game. It's at Icon Park. Uh, there's been a complete daytime and venue change for this game. Uh, four o'clock on YouTube. You can watch that game if you can't get out there. Uh, Joshy, you will be probably not there, and you'll probably be going for... <sighs> I mean, I've fallen off the the Carlton bandwagon a little oh, that bit. That was quick. So. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this is also a tough one because I think Carlton it's at their home ground, despite the fact it's Darabin's home game. It's very interesting of scheduling from the VFL from the VFLW. Um, uh, I don't know who to go for to be honest. I think I think I might go with Dar- I think I might go with Darabin actually. I think. Like I said, they'll they'll I think they'll get on a run, and yeah, I think it'll kick off against Khan. Who knows with Khan? You never know with with them whether they'll have. No, you got no idea. Have, you got you got absolutely no idea. It's the most not they're the most unpredictable side in the league, I reckon. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm 
Gonna go Darabin. Right, Darabin for me too. Ollie. Three in a row. I'm going Three. with the Falcons as well. That we're on the bandwagon. You know, one of the favourites here at the um, the Kickbacks yeah. podcast. We, you know, we we're always getting around Darabin. And I reckon they'll win again and move to three and two, which would be a positive record and a massive positive for the club as a whole. I agree with that. Jared? Yeah, the one time I tipped against them, they, they, they took a win last week. So I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. I think this round, I was just looking at like all of it. This is one of the hardest rounds to tip, I think, for the year. You look oh. at all the games bar, look at all the games bar, probably the Doggies Hawks. Sorry, Ollie. But I mean, like you look at all those games <laughs> and it can kind of go either way. Um, and this is another one of those ones where it's going to be really tight, but I think the Falcons are going to come win too. Watch All the right. Bulldogs. Watch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to Sunday. There's two games on. I'll leave the big one till the end. So we'll go with North Melbourne and Williamstown at Arden Street, 12.30. You can watch it on YouTube if you can't get there. Uh, I'm going to go for Williamstown in this game, Joshy. I'm going to go North Melbourne this game, actually. Um, Williamstown, they are a good side. They've... Had, they put up some decent efforts against well against Essendon. They got humbled, but yeah, I think North Melbourne. Who knows? They might gain, gain some more AFLW players back. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll get, they'll they might start getting on a roll soon too. And yeah, I think they'll pick up the win. They'll pick up the win here. Ollie, this is another game where I've got absolutely. I think it's going to be so close. I I'm just going to go on a whim and hope I'm right. I think this is a game that's going to be so so close to call um, that there, there isn't really much logic or reason behind it. I'm going to go Williamstown though. <laughs> I'm going to go Williamstown. I just think North Melbourne haven't had it go their, all, their own way this season. Um, you know, the VFL side and the, and the men's side isn't great. And the, the women's side, probably a little bit better than that. So we'll give them a bit of credit. Um, but I think they, they suffer from the same, same thing as being, you know, one of the worst Align sides in the league by quality. Um, and again, obviously, you've just got to play against what's in front of you. And I think the um, the resources at North Melbourne might be a little bit lower than potentially the other leagues, uh, the other teams in the league, rather. Uh, I think it'll be a really close game, a watchable one. Um, but I think Williamstown will get the job done. All right, Williamstown for Ollie. Jared, are you going to tip a draw? I heard you just jump in there very quickly. <laughs> I, I, we're talking about the closeness. It's very I, everything in me wants me to tip a draw, but oh, I'll tip the draw. <laughs> no, I think I think Williamstown's going to win this one as well. Uh, I don't see them losing this one. All right, and the final game of the round. It's at the Hangar again for the Bombers. They just want Essendon to win clearly by putting all the games at home. Uh, they're playing the Southern Saints. Water, you've got to come out to Bomberland. I don't think there's a train uh, that gets you out to the Hangar. You're going to have to find some sort of Uber to get you out to the Hangar. Uh, can you beat the Bombers? An Uber, a.k.a. my parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I said this last week. My heart is with the Sun Saints, but this defence, it'll be, this will be, this is their biggest test. This is, like we've said before, it's going to be their biggest test because Essendon have just run rampant this year up forward. It's it is a hard one to pick, but I think I th- I'm go- I I think I'm sadly going to go the Dons. I think they're just an they're just an unbelievable. They're they're going to continue their hot streak. Being being at the hangar helps them. It is a fairly massive ground too, mind you. Deakin University was too, but I think they're too potent. It's going to be a really nice stay on Sunday, and yeah, I think it'll suit them and. It'll be close. I reckon 
I'm also going to go single-digit margin. But, yeah, I think Essendon will just pull through. Okay. I thought you were going to tip the team you pay your wage, but anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Ollie? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you might be getting your P45 after that, Warden. Um, oh, dear God. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, when I said in the intro, I said it was going to be the game of the round by a million miles. I'm going to, I want to revise that while I've got a bit of airtime because I was just going <laughs> mental about the Saints. So if I do ever get in that, um, that mode again where I'm just going crazy, please stop me lads oh, that's um, not gonna happen this is a wrong but, podcast for that but no i mean i suppose so i think i still think it is the game of the round it's not by not by that big a margin due to what we've already talked about already with the um, the other games that are on a lot of good games um i'd still have essendon southern saints the game of the round probably leading Geelong casey just i'm also going to go with essendon regrettably um i think you know i've always said in tipping even if it's your own team if there's logic behind it you still can't tip against them. Um, I'd rather be proven wrong. I'd rather kill. Um, sorry, Southern Saints actually win this one. But I think with it being at the hangar, a ground that the Bombers know so well, they're coming off again, yet another win. There's been brilliant all season. I just think it will be close, but I just think the players for Essendon, whether they get Nance going back or not, um, or what influence she might have on the game, um, whether she's out there or not. If she's just there, I don't know. She might be able to uh, spur a team on one way or another, but I think Essendon will win it just. Okay. Another one tipping the Bombers. Jared, don't break my heart and make it three out of three. Oh, dear. It is so hard. I, I know I said at the start, I, I want to revise my statement as well. I said at the start that I was going to tip the Saints every single week. I am what is with you, it. blokes? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to revise that statement to say I'm going to tip them most of it. <laughs> but, I but I actually, I'm looking at it. And after what Ollie's just said then, I reckon if Georgia Nanskeon doesn't play, the Saints win. So, okay. I am going to tip the Saints. Okay. Finally, someone has done something. Put a rider on the game. So, if Georgia plays, <laughs> if she plays, we'll just clear this, uh, the yes. Bombers will win? If she plays, the Bombers will win. If she doesn't play, the Saints will win. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Uh, everyone, every time that uh, there's two strong sides coming up against you, they always say it's going to be a close game and it's going to be a cracker. I think it's going to be a fizzer. But I think the Southern Saints are going to win by about 47 points. Whoa. There you go. There's something different for our listeners. <laughs> There's your bombshell. Yep. <laughs> People were expecting it, though. Let's be honest. They knew I was never going to tip the bombers. You've always, uh, been a, you've always been a bit rogue, Joey. Just a touch, bro. <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> they are all our tips. You can watch the games on YouTube and the AFL website this weekend. Uh, there are no games next week. There is a bye. And then football will resume in the VFLW the weekend of March 26. And 27, I have a feeling that might have to do with the AFL season starting um, to give them clean air. That might be the case. And then, of course, AFLW finals as well. Boys, thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another edition of Kicked Vix. Don't forget, every Monday we preview the VFL sides in the build-up to the VFL season. We'll speak to you again then.